It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We ended the last episode talking about running back a little bit. We're going to get into what a good running back looks like for the Cincinnati Bengals. Plus, we're going to get into those free agent tiers that we talked about last episode. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, joined by your host, James Rapine, and continuing the panel, Joe Goodberry, at Joe Goodberry on Twitter, and Mike Santagata at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter. Guys, let's continue the conversation here with running back. Of course, we're part of the Locked On podcast network here on Locked On Bengals, coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So you can subscribe on YouTube. You can follow anywhere you get your podcasts and we'll be delivered to your devices every day so you can join that first listen club. And guys, we're going to start with Mike. This is a conversation that we've been having in DMs, I feel like, for a couple of weeks now is around the running back position and, and this idea about scheme fit. And before we started recording this part of the podcast, I was like, you know, there's that conundrum where you can have intelligence, attractiveness and money and you can pick two because nobody has all three of those things. Although obviously people do. I want to play that game with running back a little bit. Jake Lisko obviously does. Yeah, what about Joe Burrow? Well, well so, some people. <laughs> two are, opposite are sides of the spectrum. <laughs> no, I think they're right up with each other. Lisko or Joe Burrow? Yeah, it's Joe Burrow. I can't pick. <laughs> You guys are mean, Uh, but let's talk about it with the running back position and the running back position. Obviously everyone would want that perfect prospect who can run, who can see the field really well, who's explosive, who can pass block, who can catch, who can be Christian McCaffrey in the passing game, who can be Ezekiel Elliott as a pass blocker, who can be, you know, name a guy who take the best trait from all these stars in the NFL, right? But my question is, what are the most important traits in the Bengals offense as we look at running backs? And what are the ones that we maybe are less interested in that are less valuable to the Bengals particular brand of offense with Joe Burrow, who has all three of those traits at quarterback? I think the main thing that should probably be overlooked if you're talking about running backs is a guy that can run really well from under center or straight ahead, but not from the shotgun. And that is just not a part of the offense anymore. Like it, you should, we know that the offensive line performed better from the shotgun and the running game performed better from the shotgun. And there was such a week one, it's hard to remember, but week one, week two, it was like when they go under center, they're running the ball. So if you get a guy and these guys do exist, if you get a guy that he doesn't run that well from shotgun, but if you give him a fullback and, you know, run from under center, a Josh Jacobs is a guy that I don't think really fits the Bengals offense, even though he'd be awesome elsewhere because he runs really well from under center but he doesn't fit well from the shotgun. What I think is interesting is not finding a guy that does all of that and having an even split, the thing that they try to do a little bit of, but getting two guys that are explosive. If you get an explosive runner who has to come off the field, which 
they didn't have, and I want to give Mixon some credit because he was clearly battling injuries early in the year. He went left the first four games in a row with an ankle injury. I don't care what he says about, like, I wasn't hurt. You're clearly, the ankle's bothering you. Um, but if you get a guy that's more explosive or if Joe Mixon just stays healthy and he can be the explosive runner, and then in the passing game, they have P. Ryan, which we had the debate, and there's definitely value there. But if you get a guy that can do most of the pass protection P run does while being more of an explosive receiver. We're so bangle brained. What about Jarek McKinnon who probably makes the same or less than P Ryan? He was the pass protection back for the chiefs and he's an explosive runner. He's still like a four, three guy. So if you can get Jarek McKinnon in there instead of Samaj P Ryan, I know you probably don't think that cause he's kind of small, but remember Gio Gio was able to do that. So small, fast, explosive, and a receiver, he's not the best runner, but he fits what the Bengals want to do on offense, especially when you get into passing downs. And then you still have Mixon to both keep you on schedule, because that's important, being able to keep you on schedule and run short yardage, but also have a little more explosion, because Mixon didn't have that explosion this year, and it's just something that was clearly lacking. Makes me think about the Miami Dolphins. When you talk about having multiple explosive backs, multiple – like the my, all Miami's offense is is just – Let's get as many four three players Raheem as we Mostert's can at the a free skill agent. position. Chunk plays. Yeah, I love Mostert, but he he just can't stay healthy. No, who's like, the guy they life. brought in though? Jeff Wilson. They Thank traded you. for yes. Jeff Wilson, and he was Solid. explosive. That's like that's what that Miami offense is. They have a bunch of guys that are faster than your defense, and that's something that we've talked about on this podcast is is finding ways to add speed. Doesn't seem like a a big priority for this Bengals team, but maybe this year has changed that. Maybe the way the teams have adapted to playing against this offense has changed that prioritization, right? And so I guess the question is, is that something that free agency can help you with? I I don't think so at running back, but I I guess they could surprise us. I don't know. I I would be surprised if Joe Mixon isn't on the team next year right now. And if that's the case, then maybe there's not a place for Samaj Shapira. Maybe that just means you're drafting a guy. But generally, getting more explosive should be a priority, right? What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because I even think that Samaj Shapira, if you look at that, he doesn't fit either because he lacks the explosion because he's not really a weapon. You saw so many of the Chiefs, if you just look at some still shots of Burrow hitting his back foot uh, in the, in that championship game, and there's man cover two and they're doubling Higgins and chase. And it's like Hurst has a one-on-one P Ryan's got a one-on-one and uh, Trent Irwin's got a one-on-one and neither of them have any separation at all. And you just say, yeah, I know we've got great weapons here, but none of these guys are winning one-on-one man situations. And it's just, you don't have to be a great player. You just have to be a different kind of player at all of those spots there as a backup slot guy. And I could see him getting speed there or as a tight end that can really just win one-on-one routes more often, or maybe get downfield more often. And then I'm running back that can be your pass protector. What scares you to the point where maybe you don't want to just play man coverage because you hit a little angle route and that guy's up the middle of the field for, you know, a huge gain. But I do look at free agency and I say, is there a guy? You you mentioned Raheem Moser as like a bottom end guy that maybe you bring in is is I think also Boston Scott from the Eagles. He yes. was a short yardage guy, but also he played a lot in the passing game for them. And Miles Sanders is also a free agent. Do you want to spend that much? I don't. Underrated guy though that played in a very similar offense but doesn't have the explosiveness, even though he's very elusive, is Devin Singletary. And I think he he's not even doesn't even have a projected number here on our sheet because he's so low. Uh, on like everyone's rankings for free agents, 
but I don't expect him to get a lot. Yeah, he's not the fastest dude, but he would actually help in terms of uh, being a little bit of an upgrade over Pirine, and then you draft a guy, and this is the scenario where you don't keep any. You don't keep Pirine or Mixon, which could happen, probably a low percentage shot, but that's when you might look at the veterans that are in the Tier 4 range. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... Singletary would would make some sense. Like if you if you swapped Singletary for for Mixon from a contract standpoint, so you're saving a bunch, and then you inject some youth into that room, I think it would look completely different. And one thing that's obvious to me is, and for what whatever reason, right? And I, a lot of it has to do with pass protection, but I don't think Joe Burrow fully trusts Mixon. And we see we've seen what it it looked like what it looked like at LSU with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You need to find the NFL version of that. I'm not saying it's Clyde. I'm also not saying it's Jarek McKinnon, who's a free agent, but it's someone. You need to find the NFL version of that, and maybe it's a, a platoon of two guys. Maybe it's B. John Robinson at 28 overall, whatever it is. Maybe it's Mixon and, and a rookie. But find that because it, it's one thing to say, all right, find an explosive slot receiver or find an explosive fourth receiver. I, I also think it's pretty obvious that you need some more explosion at, at running back, and I think that might be easier to find right away than necessarily banking on who Tyler Scott to come in and get you six touchdowns next year. That might be a lot. I just want to say why we're talking about this so much. And I think everyone agrees. The only way to really get a defense and scare a defensive coordinator is explosive plays, right? We saw the way they reacted to the Bengals taking deep vertical shots in 2021. They said, we're going cover two shells. We're not going to get out of there no matter what. The only way you can get a guy to break out of it or a coordinator to break out of it is chunk running plays, or you're still getting chunk maybe over the middle passing plays, and they're like, all right, it's not working. We've got to adjust. But four yards, right, four yards, five yards on the ground, that'll get you first downs all day, but it also means you're going 12 to 15 plays on a drive, and defensive coordinators will give you that all day long. They'll take that all day. You hit 20, 25, 30, 40, and I'm not saying you do that multiple times, but you hit these big plays, and they'll go, okay, we can't sit here with cover two anymore. We've got to do something. And that's the only way you're going to eventually get single coverage again consistently for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And that's why we're spending so much time and talking about finding explosion at that position. Because those defensive coordinators, those defensive coordinators will say, all right, we're going to get to you on a key third and three and yeah. sack you and get you off the field, or we're going to force that turnover. Mm-hmm. And, and so they'll roll the dice. Luana Rumo does it, and usually yeah. it works. Especially just from the macro view of two high safeties means you've got two linebackers down there actually playing. You should be able to attack that and target that with these underneath guys with a guy that can run a choice route, beat that linebacker, and then beat the guy who tries to make the tackle. And now you're talking 20, 25 yard gain, and you make that defensive coordinator kind of go, all right, I don't know if, uh, I don't know, Zach Cunningham's going to cut it here. You know, maybe we got to bring the safety downs to give him some help and just squeeze that underneath area of the field. And give up maybe something that's going deep the bills were giving them six yards a pot not to cut you off but they still didn't come out of their two cover too high shell they said well six yards fine we're we're getting killed here and we're not coming out of it that's exactly the point i was just going to kind of make is with how much the bengals are living in 11 you're always going to have a safety not always you're often going to have a safety as a force player with the way the teams are going to play the bengals out of too high and if you can you know would, would you if you can take advantage of that with your running back and this is every NFL team, but like if you can take advantage of that safety being the guy you have to beat, then you know there, there's something there. Rashad Penny, another name I wanted to throw out as a running back free agent who he ran a four four six. He's a pretty pretty explosive player. Most are being injured. 
Yeah, I mean, I know, I know there's also injuries there, but if we're talking about guys that are injured and a guy that you want to come play, you know, 100 and 150 snaps, I mean, we're not talking about bell cows here. Um, anyway, let's get into the tier, shall we? Is it time? We yeah. could talk about uh, Travion Williams if you wanted, but uh, no, it's time for tears. <laughs> yeah. People bring up Travion Williams, though. Well, I mean, I said yesterday if he hadn't had those two fumbles, and that remember like that two fumble game. I don't. That was Dallas. I remember. It was, yeah, it was that game where like they fumbled like the first four possessions. Yeah, and I think he was one. It was of the two Andy of Dalton them. game? Wasn't he it? Fu- yeah, in Andy Dalton game, yeah. he fumbled yeah. twice, and Geo came in and fumbled once. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was oh, surreal. Man. But I I often wonder like because they've liked Travion Williams for a long time, and he has ability, but he's just never put it together on the field for long periods of time. So maybe maybe I'm feeding that fire a little bit. Anyway, let's get into these tiers coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The final quarter of the NBA season is here, and that means LeBron James and the Lakers are trying to make their playoff push. And it also means that you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 from FanDuel. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And well, it's not just NBA. Of course, you can wager on the NFL draft and maybe you want to look at the Bengals' odds of winning the Super Bowl next year. You can do all of those things, same game parlays, so much more in one spot, FanDuel. And don't forget that no sweat first bet. So don't miss the chance to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Tears? We do have the tears thing. Let's bring it up on the screen here for those of you watching on YouTube. And while we talk through this, we'll have to remember that not all of our audience is watching the video. But if you are listening... In your car on the way to work, you can always go check out the YouTube video on your lunch break or when you have time, when, whenever you are into that sort of thing. So on the screen here, we've got the tier list so far. And what we've done is, is similar to what we've done in past years. We've got four of us giving a tier. We're averaging our own tiers. We have additional information in here, which is free agent rankings from some of the national sources, Pro Football Focus, ESPN. We've got projected deals from Brad Spielberger in the cyan columns. So for example, Javon Hargrave is projected to get $18.3 million per year. That's the APY. He's projected to get 36 million guaranteed dollars, which is important to the Bengals because we know how they are about giving out big guarantees. That's often the issue for them with guys like Jesse Bates, for example, who's projected by Brad to get $40 million guaranteed. So, Let's uh, let's let's start talking about it. The first thing here, like I mentioned at the top of the last show, only three guys in tier one, and I bet you one of them is 
pretty surprising to Bengals fans. What do you think if we ask Bengals fans, is Jesse Bates a tier one free agent? What do you think the percentage that would say yes is, Mike? Oh, I, I know you get under a lot 50, of this. Under fifty percent. <laughs> At least my mentions think he. Uh, you think he's just going to rob somebody blind? Wow. I don't know. I think it would be over fifty. Okay. I do. Maybe maybe it's a loud minority. I'm putting a poll well, up are, right now. Some <laughs> yeah, let's just would do the poll. I'm putting a poll up right now. Yeah. Interesting. I I mean I think he was. I didn't think about it. No brainer, tier one to me. I mean, you look at age. Obviously, production's been there. Yeah, he had a down year a little bit last year when he was surprised he didn't get that deal. Whatever, he played really well this year. He was a tier one guy last year. Sure, and he was great in the postseason. I mean, his postseason was what he did in 2020 for the regular season. That's what he did in the postseason during the might have been better. Might have been, yeah. So. Not shocked. I just think the Bengals can post for us, a, happy, a happy birthday, Jesse, and like there'd be 25 replies that say, like, bum. Uh, <laughs> you see what they're doing yeah. with Pratt right now. Yeah. Uh, well, they're turning on Pratt, too, because he doesn't want to play. It's, it's fine. He wants to make his money, and the Bengals don't want to pay it. I feel like there just comes a point where you have to realize this is really a business, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Their business decisions, that is certainly one of them. So, where do, where do we want to start here, guys? We, we've got a list Name here. the three tier and, one guys. And I don't think any of these guys are in play for the Bengals. Like, I think you have to get pretty far down this list before you get a guy that is in play. But number one is Javon Hargrave, a consensus number one, number one tiered player. Jesse Bates, consensus number one. And Jamel Dean, cornerback from Tampa, consensus one. And Javon Hargrave, we're all in agreement that if they were going to sign one big free agent, it's Javon Hargrave, right? Absolutely. We're, we're all there. And that kind of, he's not the best run defender, but yeah, uh, absolutely. What he just adds everything the Bengals need. I'm looking, I'm looking to make sure. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I just wanted to look real quick because there is, that's, we're saying there's three consensus. There's still nine guys here that are in the tier one range. One point something. Yeah. Yeah. I want, so I want that either some of us think is a one and some don't, which, you know, we could, talk about it and before the guy signs the deal and and make sure we're making the correct decision for our franchise here. But other than that, uh, yeah, I'm with you on Hargrave. So the other guys that are in the one point something category are Saquon Barkley, Deron Payne, the interior defensive lineman from the Commanders, Dalton Schultz, tight end from the Cowboys, Levante David, linebacker Mm -hmm. from the Bucks. Of course, everybody knows James Bradbury, Eagles corner. I think the Super Bowl guys. Sorry, go ahead. No, well, Nothing. it's just me. <laughs> oh, Mike. Yeah, bringing that score up for James Radbury. I, I think um, – It was all for his post about Juju. You know? I think the Bengals would have Deron Payne ahead of Hargrave on their list. I think they might too just because he is age. a stout, stout run defender. Age, coming, you know, second contract, like fits exactly what they're looking at. Obviously had the 11 and a half sacks this year. It isn't as much production long term, but they they want to bet on the next few years, so – if I had to guess, that might be a guy that uh, that they would have ahead of Hargrave. Maybe but not. They're, they're not going to be playing in this market for the defensive line. I think we all sure. can probably agree with that as well. I don't think they're playing in this market for any of these players. When you're looking at average per year's over $10 million, I have a really hard time imagining them going out. Unless it's like Jawan Taylor, perhaps, because they liked him in the draft too, didn't they? Am I remembering that correctly, Joe? Do you remember? Yes. If I remember correctly, he went just a couple picks ahead of where they were picking at the, um, before they traded back ultimately. 
And, and he's been better in pass protection than run run blocking, according to PFF anyway, which is a bit surprising considering mm-hmm. his his college. From from what I recall, his his scouting scouting report coming out of college, we we thought that you know the the pass pro would need some work, but. In, in the offense with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, and it, it went pretty well for Taylor as, as a pass blocker. But that number that if you're watching on YouTube is highlighted right now, 14.3 million APY average per year projected. It's just hard to imagine the Bengals playing in that sandbox. So one guy that we all have as a consensus number two, that is a deal that is certainly in the Bengals ballpark is Juan Thornhill. And this is the conversation that I think we started to get to a little bit earlier Juan Thornhill and and Von Bell and and Joe I know that he was very high for us pre-draft he was pretty good for the Chiefs last year can you talk a little bit about how how you see that fit working out or or Mike if you've watched him have you watched Juan Thornhill a lot Mike uh yeah not as much this year but you know over the past couple years okay so Joe I want a lot yeah, it's true. Joe, I, I would like you to talk about the, the scouting report side of things from a traits yep. perspective. And Mike, if you can, after that, talk about the, the scheme fit potential with Juan Thornhill, a guy that we've all identified as 5.5 million per year is a projected deal over two years, 28 years old. Uh, a guy that's really high when you look at the guys that stand out for the deal projected versus their tier. Yeah, and the Chiefs have kept. You know, or at least they're up against it. And they just signed a safety last year and then drafted Brian Cook from uh, Cincinnati. So they could say this, you know, this is a situation where we just can't afford a young ascending player. But uh, Juan Thornhill, right, Jake, we, we, he had a top 10 grade for us as a prospect. And because he was highly athletic, highly productive, a lot of ball production, good ball skills, free safety type that can do other things. Uh, it makes a lot of checks back there for the Chiefs and a defense that honestly changes throughout the year and under Spagnolo. So uh, he's got a lot of uh, different uh, looks under his belt for things he's, he's had to do there. I think if, if it was me, why I would do that and, and say he's mostly of a free safety is because I still think Dax could be a, a guy that I can use as an extra box defender in terms of coverage, covering the tight end, covering the slot receivers, keeping you in base defense and allowing you to be more flexible while having two athletes that are interchangeable. That sounds ideal to me. So I could get a little bit younger I can get a little more athletic. I can get a little more versatile because I don't have to protect Von Bell a little bit. And then, you know, hopefully you hit on that, especially at the value. The value there is why I look at it and say, man, if that's all he's getting valued at, then sure, that's completely worth it. That w- wouldn't it be surprising, though, if if that's because Von Bell's going to get more than that. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Yes. I mean, as long as the, the rest of the league sees what I think we sure. see, then yeah. He's played less. So that's the interesting though, right? Like, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the reason you might get less money is just because, for whatever reason, the Chiefs would pull him off the field a few years ago for Dan Sorensen, or they <laughs> do things. Like, it wasn't exactly to us viewing, at least. <laughs> it didn't seem like the smartest move, but yeah. maybe that's why. Or, maybe they, remember, Matthew played a lot of slot, so they would yeah. play three safety a lot. That's true. Yeah. And they did that this year, too, bringing Cook onto the field. So, uh He's a little bit more of the deep safety type. I, I wouldn't love him in the box all the time, although he can do it. It's, he's a Jesse Bates fit, like Joe was saying. And really, it does let Dax be the versatile chess piece, because right now you use Bell a little bit more like that. He's in the box. He's deep. He's out, usually in zone, but out over the slot receiver in you know zone coverage type stuff. But uh, when you get a Thornhill, 
that lets you let Dax do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did in college. And that's where he excels. That's where it's a clean uh, move for Dax to go from college mm-hmm. to the NFL is when he's playing out in the nickel. He's playing uh, as just an overhang. He's in the box. And then he has some snaps where he's deep. And they're going to play plenty of cover two quarters, that stuff where they're both going to play deep. So I think it fits in terms of if you – thought that Dax might fit better with Jesse Bates and the money doesn't match than he would with Von Bell, which I kind of think that I don't think Dax is going to be bad if he's with a Von Bell type, but I think it just lets him really use his full potential. If Dax Hill is doing everything rather than being the deep safety, a majority of the time. When Can you I say 4,100 snaps over the last four years for Juan Thornhill. Okay. When, when you said he fits, with Jesse Bates, I thought back to the draft because when Dax got drafted, everyone's like, oh, Bates is gone. And I think all of us said, oh, it would be a great fit if, if they could just be together and it'd be Bates and Hill for the next four years. So Juan Thornhill, if it's that, I think a lot of people would sign up for it. Let's uh, let's put a bow on our two-part episode, our two-part show with uh, some more free agency tiers and free agency conversation coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, let's wrap this up. This spreadsheet that we're showing on the the YouTube video, if you're watching on YouTube, we will share this at some point. Uh, to, to the masses on Twitter, as it were. This is part of our, as you can see along the bottom, we've, we've got our draft spreadsheet going. We've got our free agency tiers as as part of this. And so, some other things that are jumping out to me as we look at the, the top of the tiers here, you know, we could talk about the 2.3 and the 2.4 for Jawan Taylor and Mike McGlinchey. We could talk about, you know, some of these other high dollar guys, like we could spend time on Yannick Ngakwe and, and Marcus Davenport. Um and I want to talk about some tight ends a little bit as well, but a couple names on this list that harken back to our conversation about interior defensive line and, and some of those wave two guys are David Onyemata, who I don't remember. Was it you, Joe, or was it you, Mike, who, who Mike. brought up his name? Mike brought up the name. I, and I also have him way higher than everybody else on the team. You do, but you can, you can talk about that. And then Puna Ford is the other one that, that here, as we're scrolled all the way to the top of the tier list, and this, this does go. If you're watching on YouTube, it, it keeps going for quite a ways. We have a ton of guys in here this year. And Joe, uh, can can you shout out Neil? Yeah, Neil Auberger on Twitter, actually. I'll get his full uh, Twitter handle in a second here. Neil's been instrumental in helping us put this together this year. In addition to some others, and Joe, I'll let you shout out the credits. We do have a credits page in here, of course, as well. So when we share it, you'll be able to see everybody who's contributed. But let's talk about those couple guys and, and that kind of tier of guy. Dalvin Tomlinson in the same bucket, but Puna Ford and David Onyemata projected to be uh, a little bit cheaper. So, so Mike, can you talk a little bit about your tier two for David Onyemata? <laughs> I think David Onyemata is really interesting because one is for the Bengals. One, the saints, they don't play 
exactly a similar defense, but they have a similar front to what the Bengals do in nickel and what they expect those guys to do. And what David Onyemata has done with New Orleans, which the Bengals like dipping into that New Orleans pool, um, is he's been a good run defender to me, at least when I watch him. And he adds juice as a pass rusher. They like to rotate those guys a lot. And I think that hurts somebody like David Onyemata, who if he had more pass rushing snaps, might be able to produce more there. And maybe that's why he's a little bit lower on a tier list or uh, why he's a little bit lower we talk about annual average value ex- expectations for him, but he's a butt kicker. That's that's what I like. And we talk about Dalvin Tomlinson and um, Puna Ford. I really like those. I don't know if those guys would start though, because I think of them as nose tackles really. And the Bengals have maybe the best nose tackle in the league. Onyemata, I think of as a three tech. And when the Bengals play their base front, they've got two three techs on the field. They've when they play their bear or a five tech, they're playing over whatever, but they've got two interior defensive linemen that aren't DJ reader on the field, BJ Hill. And then Zach Carter camp sample, whoever Josh Tupou over there. I think that spots just for a, a starting guy is an upgrade. And then when you look at the, the nickel defense, the four down there, you've got DJ reader on the field. Why not just give him some breaks, get in. You can move BJ Hill over there or play on there. And just have those two wrecking stuff up front at times. You can also kick guys inside and get fun with it. But really, they don't, haven't done a ton of that other than Osai for some reason inside. So I don't want to project it. Yeah, when I look at it, I think it's a seamless fit for what the Bengals need, which I've talked about with Javon Hargrave and what I've mentioned with the AFC Championship game. If they had a David Onyemata going up against, it's tough, but Trey Smith, or Joe Tooney, but I think Trey Smith more in pass protection. I don't know if I want anybody going up against Joe Tooney expecting them to win. Uh, would that have gone a little bit different? Because it really felt like that interior pressure wasn't there unless it was Reader making a heck of a play. And and this is where you look at this tier. And to me, there's just so many different guys you could talk about here. Like this is a deep free agency class at this spot. Samson, Evucon, as an edge guy from, from San Francisco, 28 years old, he's projected to get 10 million a year. So maybe that's a little bit pricey for the Bengals. But for us, you know, talking about him as a, as a tier, a tier three guy, Ogbonia Okoronkwo from mm-hmm. the Texans, same, same bucket. Charles High win Menehue. rate. Sorry. High win rate. High pass rush win rate. Charles Menehue, similar, similar conversation. I still can't quit Sheldon Rankins yeah. who was, was pretty good for the Jets last year. <laughs> so you know, there, there's all these guys in this in this tier in this. Zach bucket. Allen, 35 pressure, six X last year as a D tackle, DN three four five tech guy. I'm afraid of his projected contract. I know <laughs> that that's that's the worry there. But like a lot of guys in this sort of area where you can see some of them are going to get paid, but maybe the Bengals can play in this in this sandbox a little bit. Last thing I want to add with Onyemata since I looked it up, 48 quarterback hits over the past four years and 16 and a half sacks. So it's there. The production's there, he, and he's not doing it on a ton of snaps. Now, I did not realize he was 31, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that uh, there isn't a drop-off. But he was just as good last year as he was the past couple of years with uh, what he had five sacks and uh, 11 quarterback hits. So right on basically the average of what he's been doing. That, that's a risk for me is when you see like anybody that's 30 or older is, is almost getting docked one year deal then for Justin Houston. Right. That's, that's where those kinds of deals that we talked about, you know, the, the Hayden Hurst kind of deals, the, the late career. And, and who was it? Was it Mike Potts or Recidivich that talked about, 
you know, we're going to get some of these guys that are looking to win a championship that still have something left at the end of their careers. And that's going to be uh, a sandbox that the Bengals certainly are playing in this year. Who, who's, the, who, who's the guy that fits that mold that you're most interested in? Let's close the show there. Who's the guy that, that is like the end of career, late career, one or two year deal trying to win at the end? Bobby Wagner, who's in the middle of our, our screen shared here. So are we um, going that high? Well, I don't, I don't think so. I, I was throwing that out there, but that's because he's a name. I don't think he's really in play for the Bengals. We talked about that yesterday. But who's the guy that you like in that contract situation? Hmm. Maybe it is Justin Houston. I think he was still really productive last year. And we're not talking about a guy that would even want a lot of snaps. You wouldn't even have to, you know, it'd be someone you rotate as another pass rusher especially if they're so keen on keeping osai inside which again we're going to fight against i think for a long time until we see him get full-time reps and can he even get full-time reps on the outside injuries that plagued him so do you add a guy like that that can help you and, and give you pass rush ability or is it someone on the inside is it a keem hicks see what he's still got left i liked what the what the eagles did and halfway through the year they bring in two veteran guys like you know um and Dominican Sue, all of a sudden you're like, here, we need help in the run defense department. We need more depth. We need to raise the floor of our defensive tackles that were already fantastic. I mean, that's kind of the idea. I, I feel like you should be exploring those one-year deals. So, I, you know, I don't think it's a Taylor Luan, though. No, Mike. I don't either. I, is it George Fant? Is it Kevin Beecham? Is it so, so you know, some yeah, of those? Yeah, Beecham, like, right, sure. You know, someone like that. I, I think it's tough, too, because we don't know – to me, it's not just an age thing. It's a market thing. And mm -hmm. that's what it was for Hurst. It, you know, he wasn't on the wrong side of 30. It's just market-wise. So two weeks into free agency, the Bengals might be able to land a guy or two or a weekend when it feels like two weeks because free agency just zooms by. So I do think that they need to play in that sandbox and they need to continue to go back to our conversation on our first episode. Mm -hmm. Find the value because if you're finding the value – and, and getting productive players uh, on the cheap, it's going to allow you to, to be one of the best teams in the NFL and maintain it, even though you're paying Burrow and all these other guys more money. Mike, do you have a guy? You've been, you've been I think, looking at your spreadsheet, studying your <laughs> tears here for the last couple of minutes. Who's your guy? Well, it's similar to Joe. He, he likes Justin Houston, and I, I think that's – I would be perfectly fine with a one-year deal there. There are just a few edge guys, though, that kind of fit that mold. I think Jason Pierre-Paul fits that. He's been somewhat productive. He used a ton of bad passes. My guy has been Melvin Ingram. I mm -hmm. think he still has juice. I think yep. he got, you know, they got younger. They got Bradley Chubb in Miami. He didn't want to be there anymore. The only question to me is I remember him with the Steelers, and he got upset that he didn't get enough snaps, so he probably wouldn't get those same snaps. <laughs> it says, mm -hmm. nah, it's been a few years. He's he just he still has juice and he still can move. He can still get to the quarterback against the Bengals. He did a good job of doing that. And whenever I watch Miami, it's just he kind of sticks out. He, he's got good. Uh, he's got good uh, uh, drip as well. I'll say that. You know? he looks, <laughs> good looks good. Plays good. I, I have nightmares every time I'm remembered that are reminded of Melvin Ingram. And, he, he he just keeps going, uh, man. He yeah. still has he's it in the tank. Never and maybe he loved, him, get upset loved him if, in the draft and they passed on him. Hate probably him. probably hate doesn't him. get upset if he's winning. If you're if you're in the mix for an AFC championship game, maybe you're okay with that role player, especially two years later, right? 30, 34 yeah. years old next year. We'll put this spreadsheet out. It'll be out there on Twitter. Make sure you're following. 
at Joe Goodberry, at Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow us at Jake Lisko, at James Rapine. Follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals. We'll put all this information out Joe, there shout out Neil real quick. I do it. And, and we'll get those shout outs. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got Neil. I'm sorry. I said Allberger. It's Engelberger. Neil's done so much. He's headed this complete. You know, he's he's a worker bee completely. You need some help. Go with Neil Engelberger. But we also have Nicholas Brammel, Santori Mize, Miles, and Kevin Jacobson. Also, the free agency tier for Jesse Bates, the winner is 57% say tier two, 40% say tier one, and then we got a 3% for tier three. That's 2,000 votes. <laughs> All right. You, you have tier three, Joe? That's bait. Oh, my God. Well, tier you got to include all the tiers for the for the real haters out there. 3% are wow. haters. They're loud. Are haters. All right, guys. Make it a quote. This is a – oh, yeah. That's a really good quote. Three percent are haters. Three <laughs> percent are haters. You always are going to have that three percent. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, a two-parter. So if you missed yesterday and you're wondering what the heck is going on, make sure you go check out yesterday's episode where we talked a little bit about this free agency class on the whole. We'll get our tier list out to everybody as we continue to work on it. We'll keep it updated as free agency gets here, but it's combine week, and so our next episodes are going to be focused on what's going on in Indianapolis. James Rapine will be there himself in person to talk to Bengals staff, Bengals coaches, Bengals director of player personnel, Duke Tobin, getting some of those questions in. So until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 